The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors of the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts or ideas of the distributor. We're going treetop trucking. It's hard because you have to keep your arms up all the time on yeah. those things. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure there are squirrels and stuff out there that are just sitting back with a box of popcorn looking at you guys going, what a bunch of morons. Like, you do, you do What not, are they doing up in the trees you, with us? Broadcasting to the world from inside her closet and high above the streets of Toronto, this is Eat This with Leanne. Here's your host, registered nutritionist, Leanne Philipson. When you hear the word fasting, what do you equate it with? Is it the feeling like crap and starving yourself for a period of time? I'm going to hazard a guess that you fast every single day and you've done it for the whole of your life. That time between your last meal and breakfast is a fast in case you didn't realize what that word was break fast, which is called what it is because we break our fast after the overnight period of not eating and the time in the morning when you eat your first meal of the day. You are fasting every night, even if you have that nighttime snack attack or somehow manage to eat an all-night buffet, which literally is an all-night buffet. The time of fasting and your digestive system just taking a break and your body doing without food is incredibly important, possibly a lot more important than you realize. The term intermittent fasting, well, that's a buzzword that I started talking about on TV and radio well over six years ago, and it's become a way of life for myself and many of my colleagues and clients with huge success. There are variations of fasting, and if not eating for 16 hours a day is not right for you at the moment, don't fret. There are so many ways to be able to do this and allow your body the time to reset and heal itself. Used for type 2 diabetes, obesity, cancer, overall weight loss, and in particular belly fat, which can be a red flag for just being overall healthy, cognitive function, how your brain works, how you feel, do you have that brain fog going on? Even things like hypothyroid or low thyroid and hormonal issues. And studies show with intermittent fasting that it supports so many diseases that this is really a way of eating that can seriously impact. Now fasting, it honestly needn't be a slog. It's totally achievable and could help you where a particular diet or something else hasn't worked for you. So today on Eat This with Leanne, intermittent fasting, all about when to eat, not necessarily as much about what to eat or not to eat. Although, of course, I'm going to take you through a little bit of that too. The ability to fast is in our genes, hundreds of genes to be exact. We were built to survive starvation. We're not designed to eat all day long. Really, as hunter-gatherers, we would have had periods of time where starvation or slim pickings were happening until maybe the next kill or harvest way back in the, in the day. 
<laughs> right? Oh, stop. You can you can picture it, right? Stop with the, the hunter gather. Hunter gathering for me is going into the cupboard to find that old box of pop tarts that I thought I had six <laughs> months ago. That's hunting and gathering for me. Okay, <laughs> this is not 1650. This is 20. What are we? 2021. This COVID thing has messed me up. I don't even know. What I know. <laughs> Maybe we are 1650. What do I know? <laughs> I am talking about back in 1650. I, right? I love it. I love it. You know what? That's the ne- uh, this, I'm going to say that to my wife next time I get out of bed at 1130 at night. Where are you going? I'm hunting and gathering. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a midnight snack because I am not built to fast. <laughs> I think I saw myself a squirrel in the backyard. I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got anything growing in there too you can just make a nice healthy squirrel sandwich with a couple of lettuce leaves oh, there God. you go uh, how healthy would that be as soon as, <laughs> as soon as you brought up the term intermittent fasting i'm you confused me at first i go huh what the heck i had to look that up what is a what is fasting <laughs> <laughs> what eating fat eating food fast is yeah that what you're that's thinking? what I'm, think. I'm thinking like i could run fast does that mean i have to eat fast well i'm already there i'm already a champion i should there should be an olympic sport i'm you, good at this you're already fasting, good eating yeah. fasting thing but no it's <laughs> oh not where God. we're going here <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. You were and you, for everyone, you, and for anyone else who thinks like Chris, let me just say, fasting is not actually eating or not eating at all. Right. So we're the exact opposite in how fast can you inhale your meal. I'm you know? sorry. You were talking about the cavemen and how they hunted and gathered. I I cut you off. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So back to that. Our bodies can actually fast. We can fast like this is a thing and moving towards a fasting uh, fasting period of time is actually not that hard to do unless your name is yeah. Chris. Yeah, speak for uh-huh. yourself. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> it does take some thought, though. Yes, but not that much effort, because think about it. If you're not eating, there's no food prep. You don't have to go hunter gathering for the pop tarts in the it, back. Right? Does, for me, it does not take effort. It takes duct tape. You'd have to duct tape me to a flagpole to keep me from eating. <laughs> okay. So what time, Chris, what time do you eat dinner or what time do you finish eating or consuming alcohol, food, anything other than water at nighttime? What in a, in a 24 hour day, what time do I stop? Yeah. <sighs> Well, it's a it's a it's a a floating number. Uh, okay. <laughs> some days it's right after dinner. Other days it's not until the very next day. Like I, I've I've been known to 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 fly out to an all night McDonald's at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, okay. To continue my my eating fast um, okay. phenomenon. Is yeah, that so? Is 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 that like a Wednesday midweek type of thing, or is that maybe a little more of a weekend thing? Yeah, more of a weekend thing. Only although nowadays, with me being working from home, uh, Wednesdays have become like Saturdays. And I mean, but in a normal right. case, yeah, I feel more free and less. There's less on my mind on the weekend. So yes, sure. it would be a weekend thing. Okay. Okay. So let's say during the week. Then yeah. what would that look like? The, you guys um, eat dinner at dinner at what time? Usually we're done. It's somewhere between five and seven, let's say. Okay. And then what happens after that? Uh, we would settle in for either a quiet evening or some television watching or uh, the odd night we'd do a family game night. 
which, yeah. Um, Snacks involved in that? Sometimes, but not all the time. Okay. Uh, yeah, we, we don't, because okay. I, have, I have three very uh, healthy kids, and yes, the, the boy especially will come to me 20 minutes after he's consumed dinner and say, I'm hungry. Yes. Hungry. Right. <laughs> and uh, yep. first thing out Good of my metabolism. lips. Yeah. First thing out of my lips is you you just ate, give it a little time and later we can get a snack together, but not now. So there is right. the, sometimes before bed, maybe around eight, nine o'clock. That's, you know, other forms of food or sustenance will appear. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, We'll keep that uh, in our back pocket as okay. I go through all of this, because okay. there could be there's some possibility that you are already fasting for longer than you actually think. All right. So who is this intermittent fasting for? Well, pretty much anyone except if you're pregnant or breastfeeding women, obviously, uh, those who have like a really fast metabolism where you just can't seem to keep weight on. If you're underweight already, if you have an eating disorder, definitely not for you. And if you're under 18 without some doctor discussion around what's going on. Now, there are people that just can't get to a 16 hour fast. They, they don't believe it, but even if they try it, they just, it just doesn't work. So this is when I, you know, would typically say just to have a chat with your doctor first, see what's going on. Uh, and if it's appropriate for you, okay, fine. But maybe some of the things I'm about to talk about are more appropriate for you rather than working to a full situation of intermittent fasting, which I'll explain a little bit more in a sec. Now, I don't know anyone who doesn't want to feel more clear-headed, more focused, and have more energy. Am I right? You'd probably fall into that, Chris, would sure. you say? Yeah, absolutely. Like all that stuff? Yep. Sure. So there are traditions of fasting in many religions, and they often bring our, about a tremendous amount of mental clarity. And that's the actual purpose of it, is to maybe get to a two-day fast where you can get in touch with spirit or whatever it happens to be. And this is a pretty normal thing for many people to do on a regular basis. This, what's happening at this point, is when the body runs out of glucose as energy, which is our main energy source, and then it flips and starts to burn fat and also really what it is, is ketones. Now, the brain loves and prefers to use ketones as energy, which is basically where the brain fog tends to lift and you end up feeling really clear-headed. Lots of people use intermittent fasting for losing weight, but if you're actually happy with your weight and would like a different type of fat to muscle ratio, as in maybe you're trying to lean out, then intermittent fasting can actually activate your metabolism. But weight loss or not, no matter where you're at, and if you just want to help yourself to feel a lot less foggy, you want to feel more mentally alert, and actually more even keeled all day long, then this could be the way to do it. And yes, of course, it can help you lose weight because of the time restriction that you're doing with the times in which you're eating. Again, I'm going to get into this and, and the structure of what it is. And I've come across so many people that when all else failed, they just thought, okay, fine, I'll try this. You know, I've tried to take all the things out of my diet and that hasn't worked. I've tried to eat no carbs. I've tried to eat all carbs. I've taken the fat out. I've put more fat in. I've done all of these kind of things. Remember that intermittent fasting is about when you eat, not what you eat. Now, intermittent fasting is sometimes called restricted eating because there's a time frame or a window in which you're eating. Now, a fast could even just look like 12 hours. 
of not eating. So let's say you finish dinner at 6 p.m. and then you actually don't eat anything until 6 a.m. in the morning. That is a fast, essentially. It can also be a 36-hour fast. It could be a 48-hour fast or a restricted calorie fast, for instance. Now, what that looks like is maybe some people like to do this. They will eat only about 500 calories one or two days of the week. Some people just naturally skip meals before maybe a big night or something like that where you think, oh, I just really want to make sure I've got enough room to go and eat all the things this evening. And then you'll eat lighter throughout the day. In essence, you're sort of moving yourself more towards that. And remember that I said that you are fasting when you're asleep. So you're already doing it. It's really just what's the purpose or what's the benefit to stretching it out, even just to 12 hours. Now, the point of fasting is to give the body a break to repair itself, to break down the cells that just don't work well. They're not producing energy. They're not functioning properly. They're damaged and they just are like, they're just like dead weight and they need to go. That's kind of like taking out the trash so that your garbage cans not are overflowing or maybe even cleaning out your closet of clothes that are jammed in there that don't actually fit you anymore because then it makes room for new. This pause or fast from eating allows the body to clean itself out. Your cells can clear out all the waste. There's room for repair, renew, and reset. And this is the real purpose to having a period of time while you're not eating. Now, different techniques can be, like I already said, where you're not eating for 12 hours. It's a very specific thing. And lots of people, and Chris, you may already be doing this and not realizing it that you stop, you finish dinner at about seven, and then perhaps on any given day and you haven't noticed that breakfast is at 7 a.m. and poof, there you go. You just did 12 hours and you didn't even know it. Okay, but I got to sleep at some point and that's so I'm not fasting, I'm sleeping. So yeah, my body's repairing itself. While you're asleep, while you're sleeping, your body is in a fasting state. Okay, so I can say that I, on my resume, that I intermittent fast, I suppose, from time to time. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of a, a technicality. I mean, try trying to do it from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., which is also a 12 hour fast. Yeah. That yeah. is where the difficulty comes. And you, right. you've discussed how some people do it for you talked about mental clarity. How is that possible when the yeah. body needs the nutrients from food in order to yeah. create whatever it is, ketones, energy? I mean, how does that work? Doesn't that kind of go against, you know, the the previous 79 episodes we've been talking about? Exactly. On, on this yeah. podcast, you know, eat good food, your body will feel good. Now we're saying don't eat food at all, your body will feel good. That's a bit of a, a, mm. of a clash of ideas there. How does that work? Okay. So when you eat, mm-hmm. your body needs to digest and then you go through what's called a post-absorptive phase. So your hormones happen to tell your brain as you're eating, your hormones happen to tell your brain leptin, tells your brain I'm full. So you don't eat, you know, four burgers at the drive-thru or whatever. (laughs) So you eat your meal and then your body digests it. Your insulin raises and then it lowers again. So there's this whole hormonal cascade that's happening and it's work for your body to to digest a meal. And now I'm not saying let's move into starvation. What intermittent fasting or any type of fasting is about is really manipulating the time of when you eat. Okay. So 
the 12, let's just talk about the 12 hour window. Okay. Because for that 12 hours, then your body is not, your hormones and insulin and and the leptins, like they're not working. They don't need to do anything because they're just, they're just taking a breather. They're having a break. Your liver can detoxify. All of the cells that are there can kind of be eaten and used almost as fuel in a certain way. And, and the body can just, you know, just uh, like take a breather. You were away last week, right? You sat on a dock, you looked out at the water, you had a beer in your hand, whatever it was that you're doing, you just had some space for whatever it was, whatever was going on in your mind. And it could have been nothing. You weren't thinking about anything. You were just sitting there taking it all in. And truthfully, it's that kind of situation for your body to sit there, not really have to do all the things that it normally has to do when you're eating three or four meals a day and eating until midnight. And it just has the chance to kind of recalibrate. Maybe that's a better word. Hmm. And the 12 hour fast, that's really where I take a lot of my clients to. Because a lot of people get really scared when you think, I got to fast. What do you mean I can't eat? As you said, from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. is very different from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Right. And I'm not suggesting necessarily the 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. unless you have a particular reason. It's a ritual. It's part of your religion. It's the thing that you do. Then people put yourself through it. I, I have a, a colleague at work who fasted for a month and they only, they in, in her religion, Muslim, they only eat from sunset to sun up. And there were days when she would come in and slept through her alarm so she didn't get to have water before sunrise and then that was it she couldn't eat for the rest of the day wow now from the from the nutrition or drink anything right, actually right. yeah so there are different there are many different parameters to how you do this and the reasons why so in that case that scared me for her that she was going to be dehydrated for that i guess almost 12 hour period of time and she definitely was not functioning while sitting at her desk and she was not feeling good and i'm sure she ended up with a headache so that is not the ideal situation but the motivation for what she was doing was very different to what we're talking about here today okay. from a health standpoint your body has a lot to do when you eat but then on the flip side we also just need to give it a break Right. You just like when you're like you, you had a, a week off last week and you needed a break. We get to that point where you need to do something different. Yeah, I gave, I gave my brain a break. I didn't give my stomach or my digestive tract a break last week. I'm and I, I, sure it, that you didn't. It was on it was on overtime <laughs> last week. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I, yep. I, I'm the kind of guy. I totally get it. And listen, I don't eat a ton of red meat. Uh, not anymore. Um, mm-hmm. not as much as I used to anyway, love red meat. And so the, the one yes. time I consume more than my average week would be when I have a vacation. Uh, sure. but, but the body's so not used to it when I, mm. when I do introduce red meat into the diet, uh, on a fairly yep. consistent basis for a seven day period, uh, I tend to get what they call, or at least what I call meat sweats. I did not need to know that. Uh, which is just an awful thing to say on a podcast or on radio <laughs> or out loud. 
<laughs> no, because no, no, that's not appetizing at all. Yeah. <laughs> and I apologize yeah. for anyone who might not be fasting at the moment and consuming something. Yeah. Because uh, yes. the term meat sweats does not bring out lovely photographs in my mind. But that's right. what happens. So I what happens? My, my Is it like a hot flash? Yeah. My body, see, I, I, I attribute it to my body working overtime yes. to deal with breaking down steak uh, uh, beef ribs, whatever it is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 so I can kind of, I get what you're saying about the body has to work very hard uh, at extracting and absorbing the nutrients from the food. So I, I get that part of it. And it's also giving our bodies the chance to use what we've stored unless, you know, you're like a Barbie, right? Cause we've got all sorts of stuff stored. We've got probably too much fat as most, but there's like 60% of us or even 80% of us that are, right. that are, that are overweight, you know, unless you're one of the Olympic athletes who's been burning up everything that you stored and have to keep on going at the moment, then, then we've got, we've got storage, we've got stores that we can use. So it gives the body a chance to renew, right? To, to literally to take out the trash, all those cells that have been in there that really are just not working so well, it gives the body time to ditch them and then repair and make new. And that really makes you feel like a million dollars. Any information and details expressed during this podcast can be found at SproutRight.com or LeannePhillipson.com. And there's also the the longevity and anti-aging benefits to all of this too. So there's a really long list. I've got a I've got a great list here for you. It helps to stimulate your metabolism, which a lot of people sometimes think is how often you go to the bathroom or you have a bowel movement. That's not your metabolism. No. Your metabolism is, and I've had clients ask that, oh yeah, I have a poo like once or twice a day. Yeah, I think I got a good metabolism. That's the speed at which you burn energy. Right. Also, intermittent fasting can help you lose belly fat because your body's actually using that storage in there. It increases your antioxidant enzymes. And how many times have I said how important all those colorful foods are that you that you consume? Take take my uh, Kid Boost uh, superfood powder. I'm always talking about those kind of things. So it increases your antioxidant enzymes, which also help to deal with those cells that are not perfect. We want perfect cells because then they don't do things like make cancer. You can increase your ability to fight inflammation. And do you remember we talked about that with uh, fellow nutritionist Julie Daniluk in episode 67? Increase your bone density and your muscle mass. Improve your cognitive function. Turn on your genes for, as I just said, your longevity and anti-aging. It is an incredible way of giving your body the space to heal itself and reset because it knows how to do this. Your body has this capability, no matter what it is that you're dealing with. As I said earlier, we're actually not built to eat all the time. I heard Dr. Mark Kahn, and I think it was a podcast or something like that, confirm that we have hundreds and hundreds of genes that help 
keep us adapted for starvation because that's just basically what we were built for. But we have almost no genes to deal with the overabundance of food while Chris is hunter, hunting and gathering in the cupboard <laughs> <laughs> that we now and we now actually eat about 500 calories more a day than we were eating in the 60s. So times are changing, but not necessarily for the better. Okay, so if that's just piqued your interest enough to think, well, I don't know, you kind of got me interested maybe on the cognitive side or the belly fat side or the energy side of things. Let's talk a little bit about how you can move into this, because that's a really big thing. Even if you're in fear and you don't think that it's possible, I'm going to walk you through a few things that you can do to prep to try and test it out. I like the sound of that. First of all, I want you to keep track of generally when you finish eating and when you break your fast from overnight. So maybe right now it's seven hours, it's eight hours, or it's nine hours, depending on your evening snack attack or how early you're up and needing to eat. That's pretty typical uh, you know, a seven, eight, nine hours for most people, like I said, except for the evening munchies. Mm-hmm. And then let's start to move towards maybe an hour longer. So if you realize, oh, yeah, we finished late last night, it was like eight o'clock, or Chris, you had great games night and the snacks were out till 9 p.m., then maybe the next morning, rather than eating at six or seven, what time do you generally have breakfast? Oh, uh, as soon as I get up, a uh, pot of coffee goes on and breakfast follows. I make breakfast while the coffee's brewing. So it's usually okay. Uh, I, between seven and eight. So, and do you drink black coffee or do you have milk in your coffee? No, I have, I do have milk. Yeah. Milk and sugar. Okay. All right. Milk and sugar. Mm-hmm. Okay. What in Chris's case, because they're going to use you, because we've got your time, your timeline. Um, I tend to, as I said, move my clients more towards the 12 hours over like a week. This does not have to happen tonight. This does not have to happen tomorrow. And they actually really amaze themselves that they can do this. Now you're just pushing it half an hour, maybe an hour, or if tonight you're like, yeah, screw it. No, we're going to have a drink. We've got friends over. We're going to have games night, whatever. It's totally fine. But the awareness of how often it is that you have nine, 10, 11, 12 hours really is the way to start. If it's a weekend and like I said, there's something going on, okay, no big deal. But when you leave 12 hours between your last meal and the next morning, it really helps your liver. And so many people, so many of my clients just immediately say to me, oh my gosh, I woke up and I didn't have that brain fog that I normally have. But again, that's because the body has has had time to rest, repair, and reset To get to the typical intermittent fasting as a daily practice, that's an eight hour and 16 hour situation. So not 12 and 12. So it's eight hours of eating and 16 hours of not eating. Now, some people might just think, you've got to be kidding me. There's no way that I can do that. And you just got to find your groove from that. So if you manage to get to 12 hours, see how you're feeling. See how you're feeling first thing in the morning and what's happening there. But then you can start to move to 13 hours. See how you manage with that. See see what happens when you move to 15 hours and then on to 16 hours. And you might actually amaze yourself. You might actually already be doing this because there's a lot of people out there that I'm saying, please eat breakfast. And you actually like, no, I can't do it until 10 o'clock, until 11 o'clock. Then you just got to kind of go back in time to see what happens. If let's say you finish dinner by about 8 p.m., then you're going to break your fast closer to 12 noon the next day. 
if you have coffee first thing in the morning and you think, okay, great, I'll just do this. The milk and the sugar, as you add into your coffee, Chris, is actually breaking the fast. Now, if you just drank black coffee, then that would not. Oh, so the liquids such as coffee, water, anything else fall into that category where it doesn't break the fast? Perfect. So during this fasting period, you can have water, you can have herb tea, you can have black tea, you can have water with lemon, but nothing with any kind of substance to it. So no sugars, because that's a carb, no honey or anything that's added to it. So you can actually have just black coffee first thing in the morning for an hour or two before you get to breaking your fast. Is there benefit to doing this over a, like one day and then back to normal? Or is it something where your body has to develop a rhythm to it? So you, it's got to be done over a few days, like do it three, four, five, six days in a row, then your body gets benefits. Or is there benefit to doing it one day? There's absolutely benefit to doing it one day, but your body and your, your circadian rhythm and just everything gets into a groove when right. you sort of take this on. So again, just go back to the 12 hours because that's very achievable and you probably don't realize that you're already doing it many days. And like I said, may not be the weekend, but during the week, it totally can be a little bit of a norm just with how the flow of work and everything else that you're doing is going on. Now, breaking the fast with food can happen pretty much with anything that you want, but the best, of course, is real food. So if you start eating at 10 a.m., you can have a breakfast type of food, Uh, maybe not Rice Krispies if possible, because that is breaking (laughs) the fast with a sugary type food. And actually, Chris, when, when you or anyone else starts their day with sugar, of any description, Pop-Tarts, Rice Krispies, um, granola that has a lot of sugar in it, your coffee that has sugar in it, it does actually start you on a completely different day. So it'd be really interesting for anyone out there that that thinks, okay, I'm going to try the coffee thing first thing in the morning and see how I do until I break the fast with food. Now, I personally break my fast with Kid Boost mixed with Alka-C and the liposome B complex that I talk about all the time. So that's how I break my fast because it's got some substance to it. My body needs to digest that. And when I have that round about 10 or 11 a.m., then I'm good to go for a little bit. I can probably just coast on that for at least an hour before I actually have to eat some food, depending on what's happening with work. And in that glass, there's really nothing that the body doesn't need on a daily basis. So I've already got all those superfoods in there. I've got the vitamin C, I've got my zinc, I've got my minerals, and then also the bees that help to give me energy. Now, if you're kind of the hungry type of person and you've got lots of fear about trying this, I know a lot of people have doubts. Just first, as you're going through and you think, okay, what's the time frame? So deal with that first. Then I want you to think about ditching some of the carbs that you eat Or just realize that, oh, yeah, there's another carb. Oh, there's another carb. Oh, there's another carb. Because when you predominantly eat carbohydrates, that's when your blood sugar goes up and down and up and down and up and down. And then then you think, there's no way I can do this because I'm just going to be hungry. So move towards eating a lot more protein as fat as you're working through changing the time that you eat. Being that carb addict, don't think that you can fast without you know, maybe necessarily getting a headache if that's your thing, write the food diary to see where is the protein and fat or where can you inject some protein and fat. Let's say you have to have the Rice Krispies in the morning. Then you also need to have maybe some avocado and an egg. 
perfect. You've got fat and some protein going on there. Not necessarily on top of the Rice Krispies, but you know what I'm saying, right? Like it's just part of that meal. Well, I'm, glad, I'm glad you pointed that out. <laughs> that's no sort of smoothie, new smoothie bowl craze, please. Oh, oh, <laughs> Popping that. that onto on top, right? No way, man, not happening. Oh, isn't that awful? So also think about those evening snacks that you're, happen- that you're having. Is it like popcorn or maybe it's chocolate and... That's going to make it when you have that carb rich food, it's going to make it more difficult to last longer than that seven or eight hours without food. So just start to manipulate your meals into what you are eating. So maybe the nighttime snack is more like nuts, plain almonds or Brazil nuts or walnuts or some seeds and see if that also has an impact on how you're feeling the next day because your blood sugar balance will be completely different. If you've had a lot to drink the night before, you wake up sometimes at three or four in the morning and think, oh God, I do not feel good. Well, your blood sugar's just crashed and you feel terrible because of it. If you had had, what was it that Dr. B talked about in the, um, in the what booze does to your body? The hangover can be negated by really like having a burger before bed or that that you talked about in the morning, having the protein, the eggs and all the greens and all of those kind of things because your blood sugar is tanked so much and it can help to clear the alcohol out of your body. If you happen to work out in the morning, then you think, ah, God, I can't only start eating at 12 noon because I've just worked out and now I'm starving. Then your eight hour window of eating will need to start earlier in the morning so that you can refuel after your workout. Maybe you have like a nine to five eating period and you drink water all evening. You'd be amazed at how much you can fill yourself up with water or herb teas or anything, again, that doesn't have substance to it. It could even be fizzy water or one of these, you know, cans of something that doesn't actually have anything in it, no calories, no nothing in it. You can drink those all evening if you want. Now everyone's a bit different, so work with your lifestyle and what's what you've got going on. And if you all you do is just eat all your meals all day long, okay, that's fine. Just get back to it again. Having fat and protein when you eat breakfast And good fats, if possible, and not sugar, as I said, at breakfast is key. As soon as you have that sugar, your whole day is on a whole other kind of roller coaster. Now, just a side note, which might be interesting to you, Chris, is fat does not take you out of the fasting state. And that's where the bulletproof coffee phase really started. You can sustain your metabolic process of fasting and have coffee with butter or MCT oil. And as Dr. B also said in episode, that was episode 53, all about coffee. When you drink black coffee, it's actually hydrating. I didn't even think that at the time. I didn't realize that coffee was like that. But the craze of adding in butter or MCT oil and whizzing it up, that as the bulletproof coffee, that's really where this came from. So that you could sustain fasting for a longer period of time and not necessarily suffer from, oh, I'm just I'm just too tired today. And so the butter is giving you everything you need. Well, the butter is giving you energy. It's a bit more of a keto theory and a, okay. and a keto way of doing things as well as intermittent fasting. Um, and the Bulletproof diet is just one of those things. But I remember years and years ago when this first came out, I thought, you have got to be crazy. What are you talking about now? <laughs> yeah. And I and I actually tried to find it to take into Jerry and, and on radio and, and get him to try it because he's such a coffee coffee lover. And he was like, yeah, no, it's not doing it for me. <laughs> oh, did he, but tr- what's he, really, tried the, he tried the coffee? And he the tried it. 
he tried it. Yeah, I couldn't find any, so I had to make it myself. So I put the hot coffee in my blender and then just threw in some butter and blended it. And then it actually looked like I had added cream to it because, of course, it's fat, right? right? And then it emulsifies and melts and all of that kind of stuff. It did not taste bad at all, but it will give you more energy and it'll provide It'll provide the fat, which of course all of your cells need, the body will store it, and then it'll turn it back into energy for when you need it. So it's a really interesting process when you really dig deep into all these things and why on earth did this become, you know, such a craze of doing the bulletproof coffee. It's not as much anymore. A lot of people are super, super into it because they actually feel really good. So they have the balance of fasting still because they feel good. They feel more energetic. They have the mental clarity, but they still want to have something first thing in the morning. So that it's the, it's the coffee with the, uh, with the oil in it. Now, the best thing about maybe in embarking on something like this is that you're changing what you're doing because basically doing the same thing over and over again, expecting something different is, isn't that the definition of insanity, Chris? I think that is. That's exactly it. Yep. So if you're in this funk or you're in this place and you just think, I just don't like what's going on right now, but I don't think that I can, you know, become a vegan or I can do keto or you just all the diets that are presented out there, then why don't you try this? Because again, it's about when you're eating, not what you're eating. While you're working on no Rice Krispies for breakfast and doing, having more protein and having more fat, if you slip up, it's okay because you're just focusing on eating within that eight hour window. Does that kind of make sense? It does. I think that's something that maybe you or our loyal listeners might like to work towards. I'm not sure. We fall into a category as human beings of being habitual and that's where we get our comfort from. And because of that, it it becomes very much an, an excuse when there's something that we can't do or we can't have because we just can't get out of our, our own way. I would fall into that category of a guy who has uh, complained (laughs) and then done nothing to change. Nothing about it. That's right. That's right. And there are a lot of people out there that do the same thing. And in the episode on men's health, Dr. B brought that up too. Makes it sound like he's been on every episode because keep talking about him, but he brought, he brought that one up and he said, okay, guys, like you've got to step up and you've got to do something different. Look after your health, be aware of what's going on, you know, going on. And it's the same situation here where you don't necessarily have to, for a lot of people, the intermittent fasting is easier because you're not changing the food. You know, you're still buying the same, you know, your same faves and, and you're still getting the the sandwich if that's your thing at lunchtime or you're still having the ribs for dinner while you're just changing the time of what's happening and then sure the next step after that the next step after that could be eating more fish and be having more pl- more plants on your on your plate and all the things that I've talked about in all ever every other 79 episodes of eat this with Leanne that we've done <laughs> yeah. but again it's just down to the timing so I'm pretty sure that you've got some questions after this what about this what about that There are so many books out there that can walk you through this as well. Now, Dr. Jason Fung is a Canadian expert on this. And actually, the reason why we're at episode 80 and I haven't talked about this situation was because I was actually trying to get him on for an interview, but that has not panned out yet. And I had another loyal listener say, you haven't talked about intermittent fasting yet. I was like, right. Thank you very much for that reminder. So here we are. 
Dr. Jason Fung, you can just Google him. He actually has a program with coaches. If you feel that you just can't do this alone and you've got some health issues that you think need to be taken into account, then something like that is perhaps the better way to go. Otherwise, as I said, start to write down what it is that you're eating. Start to write down the times along with it and see when you're already following this intermittent fasting, whether it's 12-12 or whether it's 16-8. Or maybe on the weekend, you think, actually, I get in the garden and I hardly eat anything all day. I maybe have just had 500 calories a day. Well, there you go. You're already doing it. Your cells, your metabolism, your body's already benefiting. So if you know that you can do it, You just need to replicate it again in a more mindful way. And like I said, I'd love for there to be a lot more greens on your plate, a lot more colors going on. But step one is to deal with the timing of what you're doing. And how how long should you uh, try intermittent fasting? Is there a, 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 I guess it's different for everyone, but is there a period of time? I should do it for a week and then stop. I should do it for two weeks and then stop. I mean, you don't want to be taking 500 calories a day for months on end, right? No. So a 500 calorie day as an intermittent fasting situation would truthfully would truthfully be like once a week, maybe. Okay. That okay. could be your fast. Most people, the way that they do this is they do a 16-8. They fast for 16 hours and they eat for eight hours. And that just becomes their way of life. That's it. Okay. Every day. So most days I don't eat anything until closer to 10 or 11 in the morning. That's when I have my kid boost, my alka and my liposome B complex that all goes in my glass and goes down the hatch. That's what I do pretty much every day. And then I eat all the way through until, I don't know, maybe seven o'clock or something like that. I can't remember the timing, probably eight, depending on the day. So I've just set myself up in that, you know, finished at seven or eight o'clock, start eating at 10 or 11, sometimes 12, depending on the day. And I haven't really got to a point where I'm like watching the clock anymore because it's become a flow to my day. It's just how I do things. Now, as you embark on this, then give yourself a good couple of weeks to get into this. I know some people find it really difficult because maybe they do end up with a headache. But again, go back to the fact that this really will come from blood sugar balance. As soon as you ditch those carbs, those packaged foods, the the refined and anything that comes from the supermarket, typically in the middle of the supermarket, as opposed to everything on the border of it, then that's where you're really going to start to make a difference. And when you start to feel better because you've done this, then what's the point in stopping? I'm glad you touched on that. Actually, I was going to ask about the headache thing. Uh, yeah. And, and so my wife would fall into this category of someone who, if she doesn't eat for a long period of time, yep. I don't, again, I don't know if it's blood sugar, whatever it is, she gets yep. a headache or starts to feel bad. And she knows she has to put something in her body. Your body. That's so right. it, does that mean that she just doesn't possess the stores that others might where the body is going and, and using what fat, and sugars it already has in storage? Mm -hmm. Or does that mean that she's just eating too much crap food and needs to improve on the types of food she's eating when she's eating? I would hazard a guess without seeing a food diary of hers that it's the latter. Right. But there are some people out there that it just does not work for. But if you have manipulated your diet to have a lot more protein and a lot more fat in it, and remember, this is like a journey. It's like the first few steps to get you to that place. So in your in your wife's case, I would definitely start changing her diet for at least a week. Okay. 
see how she feels as soon as she does that even. And then she can start to adjust the time just an hour at a time, one hour every single day until she gets closer to first 12 hours if that's not happening. And then you move to 13, 14, 15, and then 16. So that is the ideal situation. Sure, there are people out there that only have one meal a day and that's it. So there's no eight hour period of time or maybe they do a six hour um, eating eating phase. And then what's that 18 hours of fasting. But I don't know that that's necessary for most people that are sitting here listening to eat this with Leanne. So let's just start nice and slow. If you are already intermittent fasting, and you find that this is the best thing ever. And this is what you know, as a perimenopausal woman, it is absolutely the thing that helped me manage my weight without a doubt, hands down, the thing that helped me to get back to a body where I feel good. And then also I feel I have energy to be able to go and work out. So it just, it helped that balance for me so much that I just think why bother going back to eating breakfast? Now there have been times during a lot of stress of late where my blood sugar is off because my hormones are all messed up because I've been in fight or flight so much, in which case I've gone back to eating breakfast and lunch and dinner and then watch how I feel. And then after three, four or five days, then I think, great, I can go back again. And then I start pushing hour by hour by hour again. So this is a lifelong thing. This is not taking dairy out of your diet. This is not taking gluten out of your diet. This is really focusing on the timing. So please remember that you can always reach out on leannephillipson.com or spreadright.com if you're interested in the kid boost the alkacy and all the other take this by leanne supplements definitely check those out over on spreadright.com they are tremendous and so many people are having such success by taking those taking these products so it's such fun to see all of those come in of course reach out on uh, social media as well on leanne phillipson and spreadright channels and please remember to eat this one mouthful at a time 